0: Our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes describing what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. All right, so let's welcome tonight's speaker, Allison. Oh, I'm for myself. Oh, I am so grateful to be here, and I am so grateful for my abstinence. You know, I can't tell you. I've been in this program. I came in when I was 27 years old, And somebody said to me, I was vomiting in the toilet, and somebody said to me, you're a bulimic, and I didn't know what the hell that was. But I always knew I was a compulsive overeater. You know, I was born a compulsive overeater. There is no question in my mind about this. My first memories, I grew up in a family in Houston, Texas, and they were very wealthy. But both my parents were alcoholics, and alcoholism ran throughout my family in addiction. And my sister and I, Carol, were the compulsive overeaters. I was the youngest of five kids in this alcoholic, successful family. And all my siblings were were like stars. You know, they all got awards and medals and this and that. And I just was the one that was a troublemaker. That's how I got attention. I would have had no attention unless I had, you know, put, my, put myself on fire. And food became an issue for me from the moment I remember the first Christmas party. My first memories, you know, I don't know how old I was, but it was always about food, you know. I know I'm not supposed to mention certain foods, but it was sugar, you know, and, and I ate, vociferously, and by the time I was 12 years old, I weighed 180 pounds. In those days, there weren't that many obese kids, so I was like really stuck out. And I hated school. I was laughed at. I was told to sit in the middle of the bus so it didn't tump over. Meanwhile, I'm rebelling in every other direction. My mother (coughs) tried to put me on diets. She tried everything she could. But I would like sneak out I remember going to the grocery store and charging cakes and pies on their account and then riding back on my tandem nobody was in the back seat just me and the groceries and I would like put the put the big bag of groceries in front of the front door and then I'd sneak in the back door then I'd go to the front door to get the big bag of groceries and carry it up to my room where nobody could see me from the kitchen and uh you know it 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 was the only way that I could deal was by compulsively overeating. I should be grateful for it today because maybe if I didn't have that food, God knows what would have happened to me. I tried, as a result, I, I didn't want to go to school. I was in so much pain about being teased at that I cut myself all up, and I took a ton of aspirin so my parents would get me a tutor at home, which I had. And my mother, when I was 13, took me to the diet doctor, and they gave me Benzedrine. And that was the first drug that I took. And I ended up using drugs and alcohol as well. But food was always my drug of choice. It was always my drug of choice. So anyway, um, at 26, I bottomed out on all my addictions. And I went and got help. And as I said, somebody said, you're bulimic. I was the kind of bulimic that wasn't a thin bulimic, okay? I was the kind of bulimic that was a fat bulimic, you know? I got huge. And my top weight, I've lost 75 pounds from my top weight. But I, I, you know, was never the type who could be anorexic too long or anything like that. Although I wanted so much to be like that because of the pain that I felt when I was over, you know, my goal, when I was like way past my goal, way, way into, into the obesity. And, um, I came into this room 35 years ago and I remember I was in Connecticut and, um, always living in New York city and we moved to Connecticut and I was you know, going to OA meetings and they had the gray sheet and I tried to do the gray sheet. I couldn't do it. I tried to get a sponsor. My sponsor, um, was very strict with me and I found out she had AIDS from, she had been a heroin addict and she died, my first sponsor. And so I didn't find another sponsor for a while. And, uh, as again, I struggled. I couldn't get abstinent, no matter what I did. In the beginning, it was a bulimia. Finally, that was lifted from me at 30, but I was still a compulsive overeater, and I couldn't stop. And, um, you know, I, I tried to go back to, to OA, and I ended up in an eating disorder unit when I was 30, 32, and we moved to the West Coast, and I learned there how to eat, you know, at the eating disorder unit. And I went to regular OA, and I was doing well for a while until I slipped. And I remember my sponsor said, I said, I ate a candy bar, and he said, you've slipped. And I thought, well, F you, I haven't slipped. You know, so I continued to stay out and gained 20 pounds. Then I came back in to a stricter program uh, that had a, a food excuse me a food list you know an abstinent plan and again I learned how to eat by doing this this particular plan and I was in the program and I had about six years of abstinence when I was 38 and then I slipped and I went back to eating things that that were sugar-free which led me back to the sugar And I didn't want to have to give up certain foods. You know, I wanted to be one of those moderate eaters that could just eat three meals a day, you know, and not have to give it up. But finally, two years ago, by the grace of God, I was able to give up flour and sugar, you know. And December 27th was my two-year anniversary here in OA for that. And I can't tell you how long I've been in the program to get to this place. You know, there was so much pain and so much suffering that I had to go through. So much depression. I I hated myself. I hated myself. I was embarrassed to go out and see people. I felt so shy. I felt so sloppy. And, you know, I was raising children at that time, and I tried to be happy for them, but they could see that I was miserable. You know, I wanted to have a good front, but I couldn't. So just for today, I recognize the need for meetings. I never went to enough meetings, but now I go lots and lots. And because of that, I never got the promises. In I have the promises today as a result. You know, of working the steps and going through them. I, I don't know how many four steps I've done over the years. Close to 30. No no kidding. I mean, really. A lot of writing, a lot of amends, a lot of going through steps. I go through them very often. You know, I'm I'm now again on my first step, my powerlessness. But um, I'm trying to think if there's anything more. I just want to tell every other person, you know, who's in this room, that you can get it that you don't have to live with this disease, you know. The food thing is is harder than any other disease, I find, except my behavior, you know. um, Once you get rid of the food, you know, then the behavior comes out. So I'm dealing with my behavior right now, you know. I haven't worked in about four months, and I've felt very bored with myself. And it was interesting, the other night we had, People over for New Year's Eve, and it was a big drinking and eating party. And because I was bored within myself, and I felt like I couldn't say anything to anyone because I hadn't worked, I hadn't created, I hadn't used my brain, I wanted to eat so bad, you know. I wanted to eat so bad. I wanted the comfort. I wanted that thing. But I will never find it again in food. Never. I'll never find it again, and I'm just so grateful that I didn't act on the disease, because it does sometimes come up. But the more I say no to it, the the more my abstinence and my firm faith becomes stronger and stronger. And my higher power started off with everybody in the room. You know, y'all were my higher power. What I heard in the room was my higher power, everything. And today. You know, I have my own higher power. And it's basically love and forgiveness, you know, for everyone. And it works. And, you know, I, I do all the steps today. I take the first three in the morning. I'm powerless. I can't. He can. I think I'll let him. You know, I clean up the past with the fourth step through the ninth step. I get to clean up all of that stuff every day by doing a 10th step. And for people who don't know, 10th step, it's like a fourth step, except you take one every night. So when I do that 10th step, I've also learned how to meditate. I never thought I'd be able to meditate. But today I can sit for quite a long time and feel connected. And all of this is because I'm abstinent. It's all because I'm abstinent, you know. I get to get up in the morning, I suit up and show up because I'm happy, because I am a newcomer every day. And I know how clear I have to make that in order to remain abstinent. Um, I think I really don't have much more to say. I just want to thank you all for my abstinence, and that's it. Thank you.